Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. I'm Steve Weissman from the Raleigh News and Observer, joined as always by uh, former uh, Duke All-American big man, Sheldon Williams. Sheldon, how are you doing this uh, fine winter day? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, got some good news. Uh, I saw that Derek Lively is going to be uh, part of the uh, Rising Stars uh, Challenge. And then yeah. I also saw that after leading the, the league in, the G League and scoring, Matthew Hurt got his call up and he got 10 points in his debut with the uh, Grizzlies. He did. Uh, it's been a long climb for Matthew, hasn't it? Uh, yes, from, it has. A couple of years ago. And uh, his Duke career didn't end like he wanted it to because that was the pandemic year when Duke didn't make the NCAA tournament and all that was going on. No fans. Uh, so, you know, good good on him for uh, fighting the good fight and making it through the, the hard way, right? You, I know you coached in the G League, man. You know what it's like to yeah, make, it, yeah. make it through that route, right? It's, it's, it's very humbling. I'll tell you that. Whether you're a player or a coach, it's very humbling. <laughs> Well, good, good for you, good for you, and good for him, and uh, and Derek. Congratulations for him for getting the Rising Star game. We we thought he was going to step in and uh, and be a, a major impact player right away with his shot blocking skills and everything, and he's proven to be that. So, yes, um, absolutely. All right, we are going to um, we have uh, the current Duke team. We have two big wins to talk about: um, uh, the Clemson win last Saturday uh, with the controversial ending, however you want to say it. You know the foul with one second to go um and then uh and monday night uh duke went up a short turnaround went up to blacksburg and uh and won in a place where they hadn't played very well of late they'd lost five out of six up there heading into that game going back all the way to like 2017 all these different teams had had trouble winning up there and uh and duke uh, won that game by double digits and it was a great performance and now we all we are looking forward and getting ready for the first installment of the duke unc rivalry of this year uh, this Saturday night in uh, in Chapel Hill. So we're going to get into all that today on the edition of uh, of Believe in Duke. But first, uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, Believe in Duke podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. It is uh, it's Super Bowl time and uh, time for the big game uh, in Vegas this year. The road to Vegas is is uh, complete. It's uh, Kansas City and San Francisco uh, after the win in their games last weekend, the AFC Championship. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, trends. Stats and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today and stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, the Blue Devils, um, you know, when we last talked, uh, they were coming off of uh, the loss to Pitt. Um, or they, they, uh, they'd beaten Louisville. They'd lost to Pitt. They'd beaten Louisville. And we knew the next few games were going to be hard. They were going to be tougher. These are quad one opportunities. Clemson uh, was in the top 30 when they played on Saturday of the of the net. Uh, Virginia Tech is the top 75. That was a road game, so it's top 75. And then, you know, Saturday night with the, the ACC leader, Carolina. So, Sheldon, what did you think of, of what you saw from the team, you know, in, in, in toughing out those two wins, uh, Clemson and Virginia Tech, over the last few days? Yeah, I think it was um, – I think it was – in a step in the right direction for us. Um, obviously, I wish our free throw shooting was a lot better, especially against Clemson. 
I know it ended in a controversial call um, towards the end. He did foul. I'm not sure if you would call that for a game, uh, but I do understand the frustration from uh, the Clemson side. But we wouldn't even be in that position if we would made our free throws. And the thing is, we were 21 for 33. That's 64, 64% uh, shooting from the free throw line. And we only had eight assists that game. So right there, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot where if we just took care of ourselves, we wouldn't even have to worry about what's going on with Clemson. And it wouldn't be that close to the game. And it wouldn't come down to that controversial shot. But the fact that we were shooting free throws so poorly, it became more of a game um, than, you know, closer than we wanted. But we actually did pull it through. So that's the main thing. We did win. So that's the main thing. Absolutely. And uh, hang on. Sorry. If you leave it in the referee's hands by not making the plays along the way, uh, you you set yourself up for something bad to happen like that, right? And and it turned out it was good. I mean, Proctor got fouled. He made the shot. Uh, but if they hadn't called the foul and Duke had lost, you, those free throws would have loomed even larger, right? So let's yes it that way, right? you got to make the plays. Duke was up 12 in the first half, um, up 10 at the start of the second half, and let them back in the game, frankly, uh, with some – you know, uh, not paying attention on uh, focusing on free throws, not uh, not moving the ball well on offense. They weren't as uh, collectively strong defensively in that game. Like we're, you know, as I wrote, like I think Duke only shot forty one percent from the field in that game. They got out rebounded by nine, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all these things pointed to Duke losing, <laughs> right? And uh, right, right, yeah. You have to kind of think about that. We have to be thankful that they made the plays and won. But you have to think of it as a, this is a loss. I mean, you prepare for the next game. It's like you're coming off a loss almost. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm looking at the game. And, yes, I know we've been shooting the, the ball poorly from the free line. Yes, we're not, you know, team sharing the ball because we only have eight assists for the game. But I'm looking at the, how the game's unfolding, and I'm like, all right, well, Flip is in foul trouble midway through the second half. He has four points and four fouls. And all of a sudden, he – out the game and they're just out rebounding us. I think that was kind of out rebounding us or at least kind of even while he was playing. But the fact that he out of he's out of the game, now they really hitting the boards, getting second chances. And I'm like, somebody just put two hands on the ball, like just grab the ball. And uh that was kind of frustrating to me because that's something that's stuff that we control. We control the uh, the rebounds, we control how we shoot our free throws, you know, everything else, they're kind of putting uh, their pressure and the onus on their end, whatever philosophy they have. But the fact that we have so many different kind of mishaps where people is kind of going back door or leaving guys open uh, underneath the basket and getting office rebounds. That was all on us. That was all on us. Yes. And, um, and to that point, it sure seemed like the team took that to heart on the, on the one day of prep on Sunday as they get ready to go up to, to play Virginia tech. And in that game, Duke out rebounded the Hokies by 18. So it's a complete turnaround. One of the best, rebounding performances of the year. I would say the best in terms of, it wasn't in terms of numbers because they out-rebounded Bucknell by 19. That was the high water walk of the year. But considering who you were playing, this is an ACC team on the road, plus 18 in that in that setting was really good. And, uh, um, uh, you know, Duke shot really well. To start the second half, I think they made 10 out of the first 13 in the second half. Uh, after uh, And really, the shot of the game, and Shire talked about this, uh, so did Jeremy Roach, was Jeremy's shot right at the end of the first half. Uh, he missed a three-pointer. Duke had been up by 11. 
The Hokies got down to three, which is another problem Duke's been having lately. Is these late first half kind of slumps. But anyway, got down to three. Jeremy uh, missed the three-pointer. Sean Stewart tipped it, kept it alive. Flip secured it, tossed it back out to Jeremy, who, as the buzzer sounded, hit the shot to give Duke a six-point halftime lead. That carried so much weight. That was a toughness. That was a grit play that we should expect from this team, I think, going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I wasn't sure exactly if Roach was, you know, fully healthy because he didn't start that game against uh, D-Tech. So I wasn't sure if he was fully healthy or not. Uh, but the fact that he still came in, he was still um, the leader of the team when he came in. Like, you know, that's, that's a big-time shot. Anytime you miss a shot and you get the ball right back and you hit the same shot, you know, a lot of times you already think about the shot you already missed that you shot previously. And the fact that he did back-to-back without even a second thought, it showed how much in tune he was where I'm going to knock this shot, this shot down and I'm going to be here for uh, my team and extend this lead before half. And then all of a sudden we get it rolling in the second half because we already, like you said, we already seen the last five of the last six at Virginia Tech hasn't gone our way. So now that we have some momentum going into the second half, things are kind of, you know, helping out with us. And I think that was a big time for us um, to kind of see that happening. And we were – we wasn't shooting the ball well from the free throw line um, again for the second time. I think it was only 60% from the free throw line, but we had better sharing the ball with the 19 assists. And you already mentioned with the rebounds, you're already out rebounding them. What we did, what I didn't like was we got to a point where we kind of get, you know, a little bit complacent and we get a 10, 12 point lead and we start turning the ball over. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, this is time that you actually got to move to the next level. You step on their throats where you got them down. You extend that 10, 12-point lead, you take care of the ball. Now, all of a sudden, that 10, 12-point lead is now 22, 24-lead, and they might quit. And then all of a sudden, you know, game is over by that time. And that that kind of frustrated me a little bit just with the turnovers, self-turnovers we were doing in the B-Tech game. I, I think you're right. I think it frustrated a lot of uh, people. I know on the Duke bench <laughs> it did. And uh, I know a lot of Duke fans around the country, people watching that game. Uh, that struggled because, because Duke – Turned the ball over 14 times, which tied for the most in any single game this year. Duke's been very good at protecting the ball. And I think at one streak, they had a couple times where they had three possessions in a row or four possessions in a row with turnovers. And uh, I hadn't seen them do that all year. It was and now a lot of them were offensive fouls. Okay. So they weren't live ball turnovers. So that helps. Uh it's not not good, but it's not as bad as a live ball turnover. Yeah, yeah. Right, they couldn't, but, they couldn't score. They couldn't score off of it, yeah. Exactly, which is the best. You know, it's, it's a waste of possession, but it's not giving the points too. Right, which is right. double whammy. But the offensive fouls that leads, you know, that's a that's careless play a little bit too, right? Being out of control, uh, not being aware aware of where the defenders are on the court, that thing like that. So it's still something that they obviously need to clean up, and I, I'm sure they will be working on that this week. But um, I do want to go back to something you said about Jeremy about Jeremy Roach. Uh, he wasn't healthy. Uh, 100%. Now, in his mind, he said, if I step on the court, I'm 100%. Okay. That's player mentality, right? Right. You, got, right. you like to hear that. Uh, but in reality, Shire said uh, he didn't practice uh, all week leading into the Clemson or the Virginia Tech games. Uh, he's a veteran, so he knew what he was doing. He could play. In fact, Saturday morning uh, before the Clemson game, Shire had decided that Jeremy was not going to play. And uh, between them and then in game time, Jeremy did another workout. He felt okay. He kind of pressured or pressed. I shouldn't say pressured. You can't press it. Pressure the head coach, but you could press him, right? Right, right. <laughs> uh, I'm a senior captain. I want to be there for my team. 
Um, and John said, okay, you'll come off the bench. You won't start because you haven't practiced. So that's what they came to an agreement on. Uh, Jeremy did not play well against Clemson, right? He, I think he was one out of eight from the field. Um, he handled the ball well. He took, you know, played some minutes, uh, helped, you know, he calms things down when he's out there. So let's not take that away. But he played a little more, a little better against Virginia Tech. And I think that um, he looked healthy. He looked, he looked bouncier, kind of uh, moving around on that ankle. Against Clemson a couple times, I noticed he was kind of hesitant to kind of move into the lane, things like that. Uh, but he looked better against Virginia Tech. So I'm sure that this week leading into the, the Carolina game, he's going to be back practicing and, and get all that going. But, uh, you know, as, as somebody, you know, when you're a veteran player, sometimes you can get away with that. But I think it's good that the captain was – he's one of three captains, but he's the, the veteran captain – was really all in on this team, and he really wanted to be there for his guys. Yeah, I mean, it says a lot uh, about his character. You know, um, obviously him being a, a Duke captain, you know, that holds a lot of weight. And with your staff and your teammates, you know, value you. And, you know, they look to him in, in different times of the game. And he's shown, especially uh, through the last couple of years, where they need a big shot. And then who comes up with a big shot? You know, Jim Roach is there to hit a big shot, as you saw with the last game. Right before half, you know, he's there to hit the big shot. Then when we need him to actually, you know, to be who he is. Plus, he's back home in Virginia, so I'm sure he wants to put on the extra, uh, a little bit extra motivation for him as well. Uh, but the fact that, you know, um, the, the game started off with, you know, Foster, he was hitting three for three. Uh, he, showed, he, he showed up at the beginning of the game, starting big uh, with that. And then um, he was kind of going back and forth. And I had noticed that the Collins guy from VTech, he only averaged six points, and he had, like, I want to say 16, whatever it was, uh, at the end of the game. Yeah. So he had a big game. I know um, towards the end there, they were saying on the TV that VTech is um, either one or two top, you know, three-point shooting teams in the ACC. So we were trying to limit their AC, you know, their, their um, three-point three point attempts. That kind of led into us getting backdoored a few times, and that kind of, you know, put pressure on us when they were trying to make that comeback with that. So I know he got some baskets with that. Um, but it's just that if we want to continue to grow and to continue to take the next step, we have to do things better with either the rebounding or taking care of the basketball or us, you know, just finish our free throws because we don't know how our shot's going to go from 99 out. We don't know how that's going to go, but we can't control those other things. And I'm hoping that, we can take steps up in those areas, um, especially starting with next game, because we really need everybody's hands on deck to rebound the basketball. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no question about that. Uh, you're playing the top team in the ACC, even though they, they're coming off a loss now. Georgia Tech got them down in Atlanta too, didn't they? So um, that's – Georgia yeah. Tech's a weird team this year. Anyway, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes We've talked about that, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, – that's the way it goes sometimes in league play. Uh, but, yes, the point is uh, Duke's going to have to be at their best to to beat Carolina on the road on Saturday. There's no doubt about that. This is a better Carolina team than we saw last year. They're playing better defense. Um, they've got you know, they got a better perimeter game with Cormac Ryan coming in. R.J. Davis has, has become, you know, right now is the ACC player of the year. Uh, he's pouring in 20, 25, 26 points almost every night in mm-hmm. league play. And so – uh, somebody's going to have to defend him really well. And he's still got Baycott in the middle, who's still still a force. He's not got the numbers he has in the past, but he's still still a force. So but, force. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, back to a little bit about Virginia Tech and the defense and everything. Uh, Duke held them to only six three-pointers made. They were six out of 22. And uh, 
that is that's 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 good defense. That's what they wanted to do, as we've seen with the Hokies when they've beaten Duke, going back to the ACC championship game in Brooklyn a couple of years ago. Uh, Hunter Couture had seven three pointers in that game. Couture. Yep, yes, yes. yep, and then he had five last year up at Blacksburg when when they beat Duke. Um, so that was a key. In fact, we were talking to Jeremy after the game, doing interviews with him, and he he knew those stats off the top of his head. He knew the seven and the five, like he knew. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's yeah, us in the past, right? I, I was, I was there. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, he, uh, uh, Couture only had four three point attempts. He made two of them. Proctor was mostly on him. Did a great job with his length, mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. things hard on him. They didn't mind if uh, Collins and Padula shot three pointers. Now Collins made some. He usually doesn't. No. Tip your hat there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd rather him shooting the Couture, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I, I've seen Padula um, hurt us in the past a little bit, uh, but yep. not Collins. Um, you know, Padula, who's a, a fellow Oklahoman as well. But uh, the fact that I was looking at Collins, I'm like, this, there's no way. Like this, this guy. Like, come on. And I, I know we, like I said um, before, I was saying that we did a good job because I know they're a really good three point shooting team, and they hurt us in the past. So we're taking away that three point. Um, you know, shooting ability, but the fact that we were letting this guy score, you know, it was kind of interjecting, energizing the team, and they were doing backdoor cuts on us. I'm like, oh, we can't do this. And then Roach gets in foul trouble, and I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, how are we going to kind of get this going uh, with that? But, um, and then Flip gets in foul trouble as well. And I'm like, yeah. this is back to back games where he's in foul trouble. Yeah. And then Ryan Young, Ryan Young came in and played some big minutes, especially down. The stretch of the game when the game could have got close, he has some big uh, rebounding moments. He has some big uh, finishing moments, as well as a dunk. I, I didn't know at the beginning of the year that um, Proctor and him had a bet who had the most the most dunks, you know, of the yeah. season. And apparently, that makes number two for uh, Ryan Young is two one right now. But I didn't realize that, that was going on. But that's pretty uh, funny. Uh, a little funny competition they got going on, but Ryan Young, he dunked. I was like, "Oh my God, he dunked!" Like, you no, know, I was surprised that he dunked. So it was, uh, it was kind of uh, cool to kind of see, even though he's his minutes not the same as last year, he was a big force for us when we needed him down the stretch of the game against Tech. Yeah, let's. You're right. We're right to give him his throw him his flowers. Right, he mm-hmm. he uh, he really played well in that game. Uh, made five out of six of his shots. Um, you know, grabbed five. Uh, five uh, rebounds, a couple of assists. Um, didn't turn the ball over in his 15 minutes, right? No, a, no traveling. And he, a, and he had a big block at the end of the game too. Yes, he did. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, he, we've, we've talked about, you know, Ryan, he's somebody you can't play too much because you look expose him, right? He has some weaknesses, right? In his game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is a very valuable part of this team. And, uh, you know, uh, there are times when like, he had 10 points in that game. That's, 10 points in 15 minutes and five rebounds. That'll, that'll do it. That'll get it done and a block. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just soaking up some minutes, uh, you know, giving flip a break. Uh, Cause he's, he's not been himself, you know, the last couple of games. I think we can say, um, I don't yeah. know what's going on with him. I'm not sure um, either, but we need to get it together for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the time if he's going to come back. Right. Um, yeah, I hope so. Hope so. Cause he had that bad game uh, earlier this year at Notre Dame. And then turn it right back around. It was really good to get at Pitt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it's there. It's possible. Uh, yeah, it's in yeah. there. Uh, I had a question for you. Um, I, yeah. I caught, I caught the telling of this. 
But the announcer was saying that there was a secret game against North Carolina Central. Okay, that happened back in the 40s. Oh, okay. So I kept telling them that. I wasn't sure if they somewhat uh, Duke had did a scrimmage in, in season against that team or not. So I wasn't sure. What no, was okay. no, that, that is the, uh, you know, the secret game when uh, the first integrated game, you know, in this, in the South, like it was, okay. Okay. You know, they had to lock the doors and, and uh, so nobody could see it happening. Cause you know, back yeah. in the Jim Crow era and all that, right, right. Um, okay. the all white Duke team went over and played uh, uh, John McClendon's NC Central team of the forties. So yeah, okay. that's a, it's a big part of the, Civil rights movement and Tobacco Road and in the South and in our country. And it was a great event. I'm sure that's what they were referencing uh, uh, when okay, they were talking okay. about that on the game. So it's worthy of worthy of note. Absolutely worthy of note. Um, okay. I think that was 1944. So I think we're 80 years, right? It's the 80th anniversary of that. 80? Okay. All right. That may have been what they were. What, okay. What like I said, I caught the tail end of it. So I wasn't quite sure. So I forgot. I kind of asked you on it. Yeah. Kind of popped my mind. Yeah. Okay. That's my understanding of that. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, another uh, close by game <laughs> this week, uh, going down the road to Chapel Hill, um, mm-hmm. for Saturday night. And I mentioned earlier, they're coming off a loss. That's probably not good. That's probably not the best thing for Duke, right? <laughs> now we got a mad UNC team and we got a rivalry game. So <laughs> it's going to be even more interesting now. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, I would anticipate again, uh, as we tape this on, on Wednesday, um, haven't had a chance to talk to Shire or the players. We're going to do that uh, on Thursday morning. Uh, but uh, Proctor is Duke's best perimeter defender right now. I would anticipate he would be on R.J. Davis. Yep. Um, and with again, with Proctor's length, he, you know, at the end of last year, he became a really good on-ball defender, really good at shutting down top scorers. We haven't seen that as much this year because of his injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. we saw uh, with what he did on Couture, to kind of deny him the ball, crowd him at the three-point line. Um, that did, you know, you're right. Duke, Duke did give up some backdoor cuts. Uh, and Shire kind of said that was kind of, we had to kind of give that up to block, the, to prevent the three-pointers. So I guess that's a feast or fam. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you want to uh, characterize that. Uh, maybe they can stop both. I don't know. <laughs> if that's <laughs> I mean, if it's possible. much to ask, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if it's possible. I mean, I know um... – I kind of, I kind of relate things how um, back when I played, uh, we would take away the three point line, but they will funnel them right to me. And I know we don't have a rim protector, um, like you know when I when I played. So yeah. I was hoping that maybe like just the weak side help will kind of you know help out and crash in on that drive and stop that drive from happening. And I, I get you want Colin scoring versus uh, Contour and some of the other guys, you know, score, but. You know, if it's if they score and it's still scoring, so it's still yeah. adding points up. So uh, <laughs> whether you know if it's the main guy or the guy you don't expect to score, it's still adding up. So that was my my frustration because I was like, hey, I understand we're taking away the three, but we can't just give them straight line drives to the basket. Like, you know, come on, we got to at least put a body or two in front of their way. So maybe they miss a couple, and all of a sudden we extend the lead like that. But yeah, yeah, especially with our bigs, you know, um, flip being in foul trouble. Yeah. Um- you know, thinking about you being in the middle of a defense, you know, Baycott's played a long time. He's got, he's an older guy for college basketball. Is there any chance you have any eligibility left? I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't be that far behind him. He's been, yeah. he's been in college is, a long time. <laughs> is, is there a such thing as a delayed COVID year? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all suffered through it. You should get right, a game right. for that. <laughs> but no, that's, uh, uh, Baycott will be a big concern. 
Uh, I think we're going to see how if it, it, the, the foul mm-hmm. trouble, the battle inside, right? He's right. going to try to get flip and foul trouble and, and young. And they're those two guys are going to try to combine on Baycott and get him in foul trouble. Now, right. the good thing for Duke is they have, they got 10 fouls to work with there and Carolina only has five, right? So maybe yeah. they can yeah. <laughs> work that out. Work that uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll be a big part of this game. Um, otherwise, you know, stopping their three-point shooters again. Ryan uh, Davis, Harrison Ingram mm-hmm. has come on. He's playing really well for them. Transfer from Stanford. I did not anticipate him being that much of an impact this year. To be honest with you, um, I didn't know a whole lot about his game, but I knew you know he was a pretty good player at Stanford. But uh, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. like an all-up Pac-12 guy coming in. Uh, and boy, he has really um, uh, uh, given them a boost on the perimeter with his shooting and everything and his toughness and yeah especially uh, the corner three yeah that's that is right there for him uh, dude's gonna have to have somebody over there uh, yeah. crowding that for sure um right uh elliot cadeau is a freshman point guard um had a pretty bad game in atlanta he fouled out yeah, i saw uh, he fouled out i didn't know much about him but i saw he fouled out um yeah but uh they were talking about how it was talking highly of him as well but i wouldn't i think that's my first time actually watching carolina play for a full game I saw him here and there throughout the season, but that was my first time actually watching a full game. And I wasn't really excited about it. But then I was like, what what if what if Georgia Tech can pull up an upset? And then yeah. all of a sudden I start seeing the game. I'm like, okay, well, they're not making me change the channel. Let me go ahead and keep watching this game. And they came out and wind up uh, beating them. So I was like, all right, well, even though we lost some, at least uh, Carolina lost some as well. So yeah, they got it done. Yeah. <laughs> I was the same way. I had it on. I kept thinking. You know, Carolina's probably going to pull away. You know what they do. I'm going to watch this a little bit and see how they do. And and uh, Georgia Tech made shots again, as Duke saw when they were down there. Yeah, uh, yeah. They got some guys that can hit some shots uh, and, and block Damon, shots too. And block shots. Yeah, they got some couple yeah. of young freshmen. Um, they're they're you know Damon Stoudemire's building the program there, isn't he? So yeah, he definitely is. So I hopefully we can take something uh, from that game that Georgia Tech did and kind of use it against them again. And hopefully that be the case. There's no um. They kind of uh, made the defense a little bit, a little bit, um, what we used to call it, mucking it up, like, you know, just kind of making it look a little, little bit ugly and just kind of have bodies kind of be on top of everybody, kind of just kind of pushing everybody around, being a little bit more physical. And it seemed like Carolina didn't like that as much. And they didn't really, like, like Baycott, I didn't really see him, you know, kind of, you know, go above the rest when they started becoming a physical game. And he kind of shied away a little bit. And I know Georgia Tech had bodies uh, throwing at him. So hopefully we can do the same thing where we kind of take him out the game. We just got to worry about, you know, Proctor's defense on uh, Davis or Roach defense or they're going to do a defense by committee against uh, R.J. Davis and just make things hard for Carolina. And hopefully that would be the case for us. I would think that would be it. I would think that's a good point. Uh, if you can kind of get physical with him a little bit, make him uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, That that's what you want to do. You want to, you know, make him so they're – little um apprehensive and you know duke's also done a, you know i say proctor will be on davis maybe the, you know duke does switch a lot they switch all the time right they switch mm-hmm. in five positions a lot so yeah. um we could see different guys on him as depending upon what's happening on that on that play um and and roach is, is become a pretty good defender as well he certainly has the experience and um now if his if his ankle's feeling you know all the way healthy again um he can kind of move around and do do a better job of that so that's going to be a big part of this for sure. Um, you know, I, one more thing about their game in Atlanta the other night. I didn't see Rasheed Wallace uh, cheering for Georgia Tech. Did you? 
No, no, no. <laughs> apparently, he he only there for the Duke game. So apparently, so we might see him. We might see him on TV, uh, or you there live. You might see him uh, Saturday. So no, that I would see. expect that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shall see. So, but uh, I did have to note. I didn't see him back in his buddy Damon Stoudemire in that game. So. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> anyway, that's Sheed. He's a guy. Um, very good. All right. Well. Um, We'll see what the Blue Devils do. The Blue Devils have won 11 out of 12, right? 11 of the last 12 games. So uh, they're doing all they can do, right? Except for, you know, losing a pit. But uh, 11 out of 12 is pretty, pretty salty. That's pretty good. Um, I think, I think Duke fans will take that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, 11 out of 12, we're, we're ranked in the top 10 right now. Uh, we play against a top five team on Saturday. So if we can just, uh, Stay healthy and continue to keep grinding. Uh, be on our way to to building something uh, down the stretch of this season. I think you're absolutely right, and uh, I do. I do want to notice note this is the first. Uh, this is the 49th time that Duke and UNC have met, with both of them ranked in the top 10, and that is far and away more than any other rivalry. I think like State and Carolina might be second at 14 times it's happened. So, mm. I mean, you talk about like Kentucky and Louisville and all the other you know big rivalries around the country. Uh, nothing measures up to Duke and UNC. I mean, nothing. It's just don't. Come on. No, no. I mean, <laughs> we might be biased, but no. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers, you can't beat the numbers, right? The numbers right, never right. lie. So anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I uh, hope everybody enjoys the game on uh, Saturday night. It's going to be going to be fun. Uh, I can't wait to be there in the Smith Center. Um, uh, as the rivalry kicks up again, then uh, Sheldon and I will be back uh, early next week with another episode to break down that game and see how the Blue Devils do um, as they uh, uh, battle the battle the Tar Heels. So anyway, right. that'll be it for this week's edition of the Believe in Duke podcast, sponsored by Bet Online. I'm Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News Observer. Sheldon, have a good uh, have a good weekend watching the game, huh? Uh, you too, you too. As always, let's go Duke. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.